Let me just say this about my wife, and then we'll pray and we'll get into the Word. Um, uh, whatever accolades, you know, uh, whatever I am, whatever I'm not, uh, of course, it has to do with God, and I'm going to deal with that, and I, and I make it explicitly clear to everybody that I'm a God-made man. Uh, but I also want to be very clear that I would not be who I am without Isabella Pena. So let's give God some praise for my wife. Yes. Uh, I would not venture to say that, that I could ever do what God has called me to do, graced me to do without my wife. So there's a special anointing on my wife for me, and there's a special anointing on me for her. And she's anointed to minister to me in a, in a way that only she can and only she should. Right. Say amen to that, right? Amen. Yeah, so, so for those of you that are married, let me just say this and then we'll pray. Your spouse is anointed to minister to you in a way that nobody else on the planet has authorization to do so. And so you need to honor your spouse. Let's give God, give God some praise for your spouse. All right. When I said that, Deborah grabbed Big Poppy over here. She's like, hey, why'd you laugh? All right. All right, let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you for this moment. I give myself over to you to, to minister your word in the way that, that you've given it unto me. Uh, Father, you, you, I don't know, last night and today, you've given me like 25 years of stuff and you wanted to give it, give me, give it away in like, you know, 45 minutes. So I, I don't know how you want to do it. I just yield over to you. You speak through my vocal cords. You think through my mind and operate through my limbs. Uh, none of me and all of you, I, I yield to you. You're the teacher. You said in your word that we have not need that any man would teach us anything but the anointing which we receive from you, Father, not from the world. He teaches us all things. So teacher, Holy Spirit, you teach through me. You be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. We all said amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. Listen, um, what I want to do today is last night I was a little bit in preaching mode. Say preaching mode. And so today I want to be in teaching mode a little bit. I, I, want, to, I want to slow down. I really want you to get some of uh, what the Lord has given me over, the, over this time. Uh, I do want to acknowledge Apostle uh, Carlos Keith, a good friend of mine who's in the house. Let's give God some praise for him. Amen. Dad, when, when, when Pastor Keith, Apostle Keith, was coming to the area, uh, we had met in, uh, in Bosnia, and uh, when he was coming to the area, he said, well, the Lord assigned me to that area, and, uh, you know, he, he asked me to meet you. And so we set it up, and he did the right thing. He came. He was like, hey, sir, you know, I know this is the, your city. The Lord has given you the city, and the Lord has called me here. And that kind of like, you know, that kind of order and structure, even what we were talking about last night, the types of things that we learned in the military— um, what well, we were talking with my brother, it, it, it was strange to him, but it's common to us. Things, things that we learn, like the discipline, submission, order, structure, like things we learn in the military that are very common to military people, it's not common to everybody. And so, so thank God for you. I appreciate you, sir. I thank God for everybody here present. Amen. Let's thank God for Faith Outreach Church. Amen. All the lives that have been changed at Faith Outreach. All, that, all the good times we had at, uh, at uh, uh, Willis Foreman Elementary School, <laughs> all, out here doing a prayer breakfast on this land, getting bit my, by mosquitoes and all kind of stuff. Hallelujah. All right, so uh, last night um, I was dealing with being delivered from the pressure to perform, uh, being delivered from performance-based religion. And uh, one of the things that um, the Lord really kind of delivered me from Hey, God bless you, sis. Delivering me from was, was, was having to have fancy titles. 
All right, so, so like, because, you know, I mean, it's cool to have fancy titles and stuff like that, right? And Bishop Jake's got some good ones. I, you know, I mean, like, no, you, he, you, nobody can beat him, right? So, uh, but, but, but sometimes I just need to say what I'm going to say. And so today I'm going to teach on God's grace and our faith. That's it. It's not a fancy title, uh, but, but it's how, how it functions. I told you last night that everything God does for us, hey, mama, everything God does for us, he does it by grace. Say grace. grace. And everything we do in response to God's grace, we do it by faith. Say faith. So I want to talk tonight for, or this morning for just a few minutes about God's grace and our faith. Because if you can get, I told you last night that you can't, you can never maximize what you do not understand. And so if you can get a functional understanding of something, uh, then, then, then now you can actually put it into action. You can see it manifested in your life. God bless you, my brother. Uh, and so, so we, we need to get an understanding of God's grace and also uh, our faith. So that's what we'll talk about today. Faith is required. Say required. Faith actually is required, and the reason why it's required, Dad said it last night in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 10, uh, I love the way that the Apostle Paul wrote stuff. I kind of, I don't know about you, but I read a book a long time ago by Dr. Warren W. Wearsby entitled Preaching and Teaching with Imagination. I teach homiletics in Bible college, and uh, so basically I teach people how to preach, and so uh, it's really important to teach and preach with imagination. So when I read scripture, I don't know about you, but I imagine stuff. I just put myself in the text. And so the Apostle Paul is writing in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 10, and he's writing, and you know, he's the grace man, so he's, talk, he's taught all, all kind of stuff about about the grace of God and also our requirement to walk and live by faith. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 10, he says, you know, after considering all of this, all of the things that I wrote to you believers in Corinth, I need to say this. I am who I am by the grace of God. He thought about it. He said, I am who I am by the grace of God. But he paused there and he pauses there because there's a comma. And so when you pause there, you think about it. I am who I am by the grace of God. Now, Anthony, I'm glad he didn't stop there because had he stopped there, then there would be people that say, hey, God, that's not right. That's not right. So obviously you gave him more grace than you gave me. If it's all grace and it's not about us and it's all about him and it's 100% God and nothing to do with us, then it's not right that you gave him an assignment. You didn't give me one. Uh, you know, if it's all grace. That's not right. Say that's not right. So the Apostle Paul keeps writing. He says, but then again, I worked harder than everybody else. I mean, I just want y'all to know, like, hey, I want you to know, and I'm going to talk about that today. I just, I just want to slide that in real quick. I worked harder than everybody else. Like, when other people were sleeping, like this morning, like we went to sleep, we were at your house last night late, and this morning when I had to get up to do today's word, doggone it, I had to get up to do today's word, right? I worked harder than everybody else. I've been doing that for 25 years. And so, so yeah, the word of God is down in me. Why? Because I put in the work. Right, right? Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 says that God made us a new creation in Christ Jesus so that we could spend the remainder of our days doing the good works that God had before ordained for us to do. So while there are good works that God has before ordained for us to do, you got to get to work. And you will never become the man, the woman that God called you to be if you're not willing to put in the work. And the church said amen. amen. He said, oh, snap. But let me tell you something. I worked harder than everybody else. Then he's like, mm, I don't know. I don't know. There's another comma. I don't know. I can't say that because that doesn't sound right. Because then it sounds like I'm, 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 no, no, that don't sound right. Let me clean it up. Say clean it up. So then he came right back and said, but then again, it wasn't even me. Then again, it wasn't even me. Whatever I did, it was still the grace of God through me, right? And so, so whatever I do is still the grace of God. And so, so people say, oh, Brother Pino, oh, my God. You was, oh, my God, that was so good. I said, well, to God be the glory. Well, listen, Brother Pino, I know you always say to God be the glory, but no, that was you too. And I said, yeah, but to God be the glory. No, but you put in the work. Yeah, but to God be the glory. No, but you studied the word. But yeah, yeah, but whatever work I did, it was still the grace of God. Just to be clear, 
Yes, while you do need to work harder than everybody else, whatever work you do is still the grace of God. And so it's God's grace and our faith. So faith is required because I still have to believe God. We're going to learn all that today. I still have to believe God. I still have to be convinced of God. I still have to believe what God believes about me. I still have to exercise my faith. I still have to launch out at the risk of looking foolish, crossing the faith line, doing what God called me to do. Where you're out there, we are like, God, oh my God, if you don't show up, it can't get done, right? And so, so, so you still have to do all of those things. And because there's a principle in the kingdom that nothing happens until you announce it. And so you have to announce it before it happens. And that's really uncomfortable. And then you have to speak faith. And yeah, you have to take God public because God says, if you don't want to be public with me, I just won't be public with you. And so, and so, so, so then so you can't be like a secret Christian and just keep God in your prayer closet. And God wants you to go out there and just, oh my God. And then when you're doing all of that, then yeah, God, faith is required. If you want to walk in the grace of God, you still got to function by faith. Say amen to that. Amen. We dealt with it last night. I don't have to go through all the scriptures. I gave you the scriptures last night. And so, so we're saved by faith, walk by faith, pray by faith, fight by faith, overcome the world by faith. All that we do as a believer, we do it by faith. Say amen to that. So God gives us a purpose. He gives us a purpose from the foundations of the world. Last night I shared with you 2 Timothy 1 and 9. The Bible says God saved us and called us. Say I'm saved, I'm saved. and I'm called. If God just saved you and all God wanted you to do was go to heaven, you would be dead and gone. Are you saved? If you're saved, raise your hand. Oh, y'all saved. But if you're still here, why are you here? Because God saved us and called us. And so, so there's two judgments. Say two judgments. You were there when I preached that funeral. There's two judgments. So the first judgment is when you get to heaven, God is going to say, why should I allow you into my heaven? The only answer to that has nothing to do with your perfect Sunday school attendance record, has nothing to do with your tithing record. God, I always tithe. I never skip. Well, wait a minute. That one time. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, none of that. You, God, the only answer to that is I will allow you into heaven if Jesus, my son, is your Lord. Say amen to that. Amen. That's the first judgment. Say first judgment. first judgment. But then the second judgment, God is going to take all of your works, elder peoples. And he's going to take all of your works and put them into two buckets. One bucket is labeled gold, silver, precious stones. The other bucket is labeled wood, hay, and stubble. And then both buckets will be tested by the fire. And, and, and so, so uh, you remember, Sandra, uh, 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 the big mama, the churches, church mamas used to say, baby, come here, let me tell you something. Yes, mama, only what you do for God will last. They didn't, know, they didn't know Bible. They didn't know how to justify it, but, but, they, but it was true. Only what you do for God will last. So, so God is going to want to know, now that you're in heaven, what did you do with the one life I gave you? It wasn't like the grace wasn't there. I, I, I called you from the foundations of the world. I stored up everything that you would ever need to accomplish your divine assignment. I lined it up to where I will release everything you need at just the right time. Talk to me, Ecclesiastes 3 and 1. Everything can happen for you at just the right time. I set up divine appointments. I send people your way. I put you in front of the right people. I gave you access to wisdom, revelation, knowledge, and understanding. But if you were too lazy because faith is required and you didn't do it, then you might still get to heaven and realize that you wasted the one life God gave you. And the church said, amen. amen. Somebody, I'm all over somebody's toes, but that's okay. God sent me here for a reason. All right, so God gives us a purpose. Watch this. God loves us so much that he gives us a purpose 
and he gives us the passion, and he gives us the power. I was talking about that this morning on today's word. So in Philippians chapter 2, I love uh, the book of Philippians. In Philippians chapter 4, I dealt with like that last night. God, you know, we can do all things through Christ. That's the secret that he learned. But in Philippians chapter 2, the apostle Paul is commending the believers. He says, listen, what I want you to do is I want you to live a life that's pleasing in God's sight. I want you to live a life that's full of a Christian witness. I want your life to be fruit-bearing and life-giving. Say, my life is life-giving. You ever met somebody that, that, that they're not life-giving, they're life-draining? You ever met somebody that every time, like you see call ID, mm-mm, I don't have time for that, I ain't prepared, I can't answer that right now, you know what I'm saying? Because every time I talk to her, every time I talk to him, it's just draining. I mean, those people are just, they will suck the life out of anybody. Paul says, no, if you want to be a Christian witness, you got to be life-giving, not life-draining. you got to be able to give life, right? So you, you are on this planet to give life, say amen to that. And then, and then he said, this is how you do it, verse 13. Let me read to you verse 13. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13, uh, I'm going to give it to you from several translations. The New International Version says, For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. God is God's will. It's God's action. It's all about God. It's not about me. The New Living says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire. Say the desire and the power to do what God calls you to do. Say, he gives me the desire, and he gives me the power. Okay, so he gives me, watch this, he gives me the purpose, and he gives me the power, and it's for his good pleasure. The easy to read says, yes, it is God who is working in you. He helps you to want to do what pleases him, and then he gives you the power to do it. Isn't that amazing? That's the grace life. The grace life, Pastor Mike, is that God puts this desire in you to to want his purpose. He wants you to want what he wants. He wants you to believe what he believes about you. He puts the desire in you to want it. He he tells you what to ask for in prayer. He's saying, no, 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 you're asking for the wrong thing. Ask me for this. The reason why I can't answer your prayer over that is because you're out of alignment. And so you're asking for the wrong thing. Hey, son, ask me. Come on, man. Ask me for it because I got it. I stored it up for you from the foundations of the world. I want you to want what you... What I want for you. I want you to want it. I want you to desire it. And, and watch this because if once you want it, once you desire it, I have already given you the power to do it. He gives me the grace. He gives me the power. He gives me the pleasure. He, it's all about him. It's not about me. Say that's the grace life. But the problem is, it's God's grace and my faith. So if I don't ask, I won't have. I, 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 I have not because I ask not. So God is working with me to give me the desire, and he also gives me the power. And watch this. The, the Passion Translation says, God will continually revitalize you, implanting within you the passion to do what pleases him. God puts his purpose inside of you, and then he gives you a revitalizing passion. This morning, Dad, when I got up, when the alarm went off, I didn't want to get up, you know what I'm saying? But, but I got up, and I went to go do today's Word, and while my body, my physical body was tired, my spirit man was alive, and God revitalizes me and gives me the desire and the passion to want what He wants. So it's all about Him. It's not about us. Say amen to that. This is the grace life. This is, but, but we still got to believe it. We still got uh, to uh, exercise faith because faith is required. So, so here's some takeaways. God made plans for you from the foundations of the world, and his desire is for you to succeed. Say, I was born to win. You were not born to fail, but, but God set you up for your success, but he needs you to want what he wants. He wants, he set you up for success, but he wants you to walk in his divine purpose. Number two, God loves you so much that he gives you the desire to desire what he desires for you. 
I mean, that's amazing. God puts the passion and the desire. Like, like, watch this. Nobody has to pump me. Nobody has to prime me to get up to do today's word. I've been doing today's word for 25 years. Nobody has to motivate me. You know why? Because when my feet hit the ground, my calling is calling me. Say, my calling, my calling is calling. Is calling. And I answer the phone. You know what I'm saying? But so my calling is calling me. There's this purpose. There's this passion. There's this desire. One thing you will never accuse Rick Pena of is not having passion. Uh, yeah, I have me some passion. Why? Because I know who I am. Watch this. And so, so when you know who you are, when you know what you're called to do, that, watch this. The clearer the vision, the stronger the pull. Remember, God reveals to you things from your future that are future to you, but past to him. The more clear you can see it, the stronger the pull will be. So it's like my calling is calling me. I'm being pulled into my future. God is pulling my future into my present because God calls those things which be not. He calls the end from the beginning, Isaiah 46 and 10. But, but the, the more I can see it, the more I can be pulled from it. Say amen to that. God loves you so much that he actually gives you a, pa- a passion to want what he wants for you. All right, so take a, take a moment to think about this. Not only did God make plans for you, not only does God give you his spirit to then reveal the plans to you, but then God actually works in you to want what he wants for you. And once he does all of that, he gives you the power to do it. Because it would be, it would be messed up if after all of that, Pastor Anthony, if after all of that, God gave me the power, the desire, the passion, and all that. But if God didn't give me the grace to actually get it done, then I would spend my whole life wanting something that I can't do. And then that would be frustrating, and I would die unfulfilled. But, but God would never do that to me. You know how, like, like, like where we're from, New York, you know, in New York, people would be like, yo, I'm going to give you this. And when you show up, they're like, psych. You know what I'm saying? You remember that? I don't know. In the country, y'all may not know what psych is, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, but, but God is never going to be like psych. No. God, he gives us the desire because he wants us to do it, because he loves us. That's the grace of God, and that's part of the gospel of grace. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5, from the easy to read, the Bible says, I'm, I don't mean that we are able to do anything good in and of ourselves. It is God who makes us able to do all that we do. Everything that we do, we do it by the grace of God. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and 5. So when you understand God's grace in your faith, it helps you to live a life where you're partnering with God. So it's not all God, and it's not all me. It's not all me, and it's not all God. It's God and me. It's me and God. Without God, I cannot. But without me, he will not. So God has chosen to operate on this planet through humans. And so he has chosen to operate. God can do whatever he wants because God is God. But he's chosen, Pastor Janice, to operate on this planet through humans. So he's chosen to operate through us. And so so my job is to cooperate. Watch this. For God to operate in my life, he looks for me to cooperate with him. So for God to operate in my life, he wants me to cooperate with him. Because if I don't cooperate with him, he's not going to force me. Because if God forced me, Pastor Cook, if God forced me to worship, then it wouldn't be worship. Because it would be insincere. It would be ingenuine. If God forced me to give, then my giving wouldn't be a sacrifice. 
because it would be manipulated. If God forced me to perform his will, then I wouldn't be the one doing it. Because then God would be a puppet and God would be a puppet master. So, so you know God doesn't force us to do anything. You know how you know? Because you tell God no all the time. Don't act like you don't. There's like a million things that God tells you to do that you don't do. So, so, so don't try to act like you all that and then some tall, dark, and handsome. No, 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 no. No, you, you reject God all the time. And so there's a lot of things that you don't do. And so, so God is looking for us to cooperate so that he can operate through our lives. Say amen to that. God is looking for your cooperation. Let me say it another way. God provides the yes. Say this. Say God provides the yes. But he is looking for my amen. Okay, let me give you some Bible on that. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20 from the New International Version. The Bible reads, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us for the glory of God. Let me read that again because I don't think you got it. All the promises of God are yes in Christ. But did you catch this? The amen is spoken by us. So the promise, every promise God has given over your life, everything that God has revealed to you, Pastor, about your future, watch this. In him, there's already a yes. But what he's looking for from you is the amen. And so, so he's looking, so that's why faith is required. So basically the grace is there, that's the yes. The amen needs to be there, that's my faith. Right? So the grace is there. God is looking for the faith to be there. Every promise, everything that God has revealed to you. He gave you dreams while you were sleeping. He gave you open visions while you were awake. He spoke to you when you were reading the Word. He likes to speak to you when you're driving. I don't know what it is about driving, but He talks to me all the time when I'm driving. He, you know, and so, and so when God revealed all these things to you about your future, He already said yes. You don't have to, if God showed it to you, you don't have to ask God. You don't have to ask God. Uh, like It's almost like a preview. When you go to the movies, before you watch the movie that you paid to see. They showed you previews. It's a coming attraction. It's coming soon. God shows you stuff. Why? Because it's coming soon. It's a coming attraction. You don't have to ask God. He already said yes. He's looking for your amen. Look at somebody say, put an amen on it. God is looking for you to put an amen on every promise. And so the amen, God is looking for your cooperation. Listen, God is a sovereign God, but he's looking for us to agree with him. The bottom line is that God can do whatever he wants, but the way he set it up, there's a system on the earth. Remember, you would never maximize what you do not understand. So there's a system on the earth that functions by cause and effect, sowing and reaping, and the free will of humans. So stop blaming God. If you don't like the harvest that you're reaping, check the seed that you're sowing. It's not, that, it's, not, it's not a mystery. I mean, like it's, you know, like, oh, Brother Pena, but I don't like, well, you know, it's working for you. I tried faith. Faith didn't work. <laughs> Pastor Jerry Savelle said, no, faith tried you and you didn't work. And so, no, 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 no. Faith always works. And so, so if God revealed it and you put an amen on it, it has to work. If it didn't work, God didn't reveal it. Let me say that again, real slow. God reveals it, you put an amen on it, it has to work. If it didn't work, God didn't reveal it. It was something you came up with. You miss God. If there's ever a problem between me and God, the problem is me. Let's say amen to that. Dad, when I had told everybody I had it on my website, we going to Florida. 
And when the Lord said, you ain't going to Florida, I had to be public with it. I'd be like, all right, well, I guess I miss God. If there was a problem with, some, with us going to Florida, the problem's with me, not with God. Obviously, I didn't hear from God. Obviously, I made a mistake. And guess what? I'm a human, and humans make mistakes. Uh, well, I've been here multiple times, but in 2004, when I came back, uh, uh, in 2004, I was in that Walmart. And, uh, and uh, you know, I, uh, this is where I'm like practicing hearing from God kind of thing. And so I'm, I'm in that Walmart, and, uh, and this lady, uh, uh, it was a, a lady, uh, she was, I don't want to describe her or whatever, but she was there, and by, you know, looking at some shirts. And the Lord, the Holy Spirit says, go over there and tell that lady I love her. Tell her I love her because she needs to know it. And I said, no, God, I ain't doing that. I'm from Brooklyn. I don't do that. Like, I mean, I don't do that. I'll just be talking to strangers and stuff. That's a, mm, Brooklyn, we don't do that. We don't do that. And, and the Holy Ghost was like, no, go tell her that I love her. And I was like, mm-mm, I ain't doing that. No, sir. Uh, and so while I'm doing that, while I'm standing there, this man comes out of the blue right in front of me and says, excuse me, ma'am, I don't normally do this. I don't even know what I'm doing. But the Lord wants me to tell you that he loves you. And the lady broke down crying, and I felt like this big, right? I felt this big. I felt, and so, and the Lord was like, I had a blessing for you. I, had, I just gave your blessing to him. Wow. I was like, wow, because no one monkey is going to stop my show. Okay, I was like, okay, fine. So, so, you know, I'm amazing. I'm such a great man of God that I learned that lesson, right? Not. So two weeks later, two weeks later, we're in this building, the other building over there, and I'm preaching. And normally when I preach, I do the altar call. This particular day, I didn't. Let me tell you why. So I'm preaching. We're in the other building. Like two weeks later after that incident, I'm, I'm over there in the other building, and I'm up on the platform, and I'm preaching. And we were having service over there. So the church was packed. I'm preaching, and there was a lady. I could see it just like it was yesterday. Like, so on, like this is the, the, the chairs were lined up like this, and the lady was like four rows back this way. It was a lady and two girls, two teenage girls. And I'm preaching, and I'm winding down. And as I'm winding down, the Holy Spirit says to me, tell that lady that I'm taking care of her son. She doesn't have to worry about her son. Her son is in my hands. The Holy Ghost is saying that to me while I'm winding down. I'm getting ready for the altar call. And I'm like, oh, I ain't saying that. In front of everybody, what if that lady says I don't have a son? Like, I mean, come on. Are you crazy? What if she says... I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have a son. I only have two girls. I was like, uh-uh, mm, I ain't saying that. And so, so, so now my mind is all messed up. And so I'm like trying to like wind down. I'm like, we're standing all over the room. And I'm like, ah! And so instead of doing the altar call, I gave the mic to dad. I was like, no, forget it. I gave him the mic and that was it. And Bishop Peoples did this. Oh my God, I felt so bad. He went like this. He walked up. Come here, daughter. Just like that. The lady comes up, and he said exactly what the Lord told me to say. Oh, my God. And he said it. She fell out and all of that. And the girl started crying, and, all, and I was like, come on, God. And God said, listen, you got to learn how to just trust me. After that, after that, whenever I got to the altar, after that was the last time. Say last time. True story. True story. That's the last time. Whenever I got to the altar, God would give me a word. I just say, look, look, if it's wrong, it's me. If it's wrong, it's me, but I'm not going to not say it out of the risk of looking foolish. And God has given me so many prophetic words because I had to get over the fear of failure. Say amen to that. I'm helping somebody. I don't know who I'm talking to. So it's God's grace. And so, so here, let me give you some reasons why people don't become the men or the women that God called them to be. Let me give you some reasons why people don't do the will of God. 
Number one, self-ambition. They're self-righteous, they're full of pride, they're full of themselves. Don't do this. Just look straight forward. Like, say this to somebody, but don't look at them. Get over yourself. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you, you just got to get over yourself. I mean, like, you got to get over. For you to become the man, the woman that God called you to be, you're going to have to get over yourself. There's some people that just are so full of self-ambition. When your desires trump God's desires, you will never become who God called you to be. If you're not willing to die to self, you, there are some people that are just not willing to deny themselves. Pastor Anthony, I was having a conversation with this young lady one time, and we were talking about the will of God and how God revealed all these things to me, and I had to die to it and yield to it, like, like going to Florida and all these things. And, oh, but God said, this is what God said, and so we submit to it. We accept it. I only want what God wants. She said to me, mm-mm, I don't know about that. She said, I don't know if I want God to tell me. I said, why? She said, I already got plans. She was like, man, I got plans for my life. You know, my, my life is mapped out. You know, I got, I got five-year plans, 10-year plans, long-term goals. By the time I'm 30, I want to be this. By the time I'm 40, I want to be this. And she had it all mapped out. She was like, what if God comes and messes up my plans? Wow. Say self-ambition. There's some people that don't want to know what God wants because they don't want to do what God wants. In Mark chapter 8, verses 34 and 35, Jesus said this. These are not my words. These are Jesus' words. He says, any of you who want to be my followers or my disciples, you must stop thinking about yourself and what you want. Let me read that again. He said, if you want to become my disciple, my follower, you must stop thinking about yourself and what you want. Brother Pena, I thought we were talking about faith. Oh, I am. I am. You must stop thinking about yourself and what you want. You must be willing to, to carry the cross that is given to you for following me. This is a military town. So y'all know what CIF is, right? When they issue you your stuff. And so, so watch this. Watch this, Sandra. You actually get issued a cross when you become a Christian. When you become a Christian, you get issued a cross. There's a cross that is issued to you for following Jesus, and God has never required any less than all of us. God has never required any less than 100% of you. If you want to become the man, the woman that God called you to be, you have to die. You have to, listen, success is not a matter of more trying. Success is a matter of more dying, and the church said amen. amen. Here's another reason why people don't do what God called them to do, because of the magnitude of the call, because of the size of the assignment. Bishop Peoples doesn't have to say this publicly, but I know he had to struggle like we would all struggle. God, God takes this man from Alabama into the military, has a successful career, and when God starts to show him this land, God starts to show him the vision, not just a few acres, but then boom, 30 plus acres, not just one building, but then boom, multiple buildings. And the devil is saying, you don't have the qualifications, you don't have the education, you don't have this, you don't have that. Sometimes the magnitude of the call causes people to run the other way. Because God calls us to do things that, that we can't do without God. So it forces us to rely on him. If God only called you to do things that you could do, then it wouldn't be a vision. It would just be instructions. Let me say this again. If, God, if, God, if you say God called you to do something that you could do today, then God is not looking for faith. He's looking for obedience. Just go do it. But vision requires faith. Because it's going to be bigger. It's going to be more money than you have. It's going to be more wisdom than you have. It's going to be stuff that you don't know the people, you don't have the connections, none of that. You are going to have to believe God because of the magnitude of the call. Say amen to that. Amen. If you come up with it, it will be too small for God. But when God comes up with it, it will be too big for you. 
Let me say that again. If you come up with it, it will be too small for God. When God comes up with it, it will be too, too big for you. And then number three, and then, uh, and then I'm going to uh, give you some examples and we'll close out. Number three, reason why people don't do what God called them to do. All right, here's a very simple one, Sandra. Some people don't want the headache. Some people just don't want to put in the work. Faith is required. You know what, what, when God calls you to do something, you know how much work it was to go from the hotel to a Willis Foreman Elementary School to phase one to then phase two to then building over here the gym to then building. And you know how much work that is? Some people don't want the headache. Some people are like, no, 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 no. Like they say they want it, but they don't really want it because then, when, then, then why? Because you, there's, there's stuff to do. Like, like uh, Isabella and I, we go to the Dominican Republic. Sometimes the, I was over there, and there was a lady. Uh, we have 170 Haitian children, and one of the, 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 the mothers of the children, she came out because we feed those kids every day. We give them a Christ-based education. One of the mothers of the children says to Isabella in Creole, she said, are you from the DR? She said, no. She was like, uh, are you from Haiti? She said, no. And she was like, do you have kids? She said, yes. And she was like, well, why would you leave your kids to come take care of my kids? She was like, I don't understand it. Like, why would you want that headache? Why would you want, like, 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 we get calls, hey, we're building over there. Oh, man, this just got messed up. We need to change this. Hey, we need you to send us money. Hey, we need you to do this. Hey, you know, and we're building in a, in a developing country that has its own set of challenges and problems. And, and, and some people say, oh, man, Brother Pena, oh, wait, I thank God for what you're doing over there. But you don't know all the work it takes. And a lot of people don't, they say they want it, but they don't want to do the work. And so faith is required. You're going to have to put in the work if you want to become the man or woman that God called you to be. Say amen to that. Amen. All right, so let me give you some examples, and then we'll wrap it up. You have to be willing to do three things, and I'm going to give you examples of these three things. Number one, provide the faith. Say faith. faith. Number two, put in the work. Say work. work. Number three, overcome opposition. Say opposition. opposition. If This is a faith conference, y'all, so listen. If you want to become the man or the woman that God called you to be, you are going to have to provide the faith because the faith, your faith taps into God's grace. You're going to have to put in some work. Because you cannot do what God calls you to do without work, and then you're going to have to face opposition because the greater the assignment, the greater the attack. The greater the assignment, the greater the attack. If you have a great assignment from God, then, then, then let me just say this. Who here you believe has a great assignment? God's, on your life, the God's call on your life is great, all right? All right, put your hands down. Let me tell you something, two things. Number one, the greater the assignment, the greater the level of preparation will be required. And number two, the greater the assignment the greater the attack. There's going to be a greater level of opposition. Right? And so you're going to have to have the faith to overcome it. Let me give you some examples. David, say David. Okay. David, David was called. Now, David was a shepherd boy. He was the eighth son. We know that. We know the story of David. I'm not going to get into all of that. But he was the eighth son. It wasn't his idea. We were talking last night. Every, everybody that God used in the Bible mightily, you know why? It's the grace of God because it was always God's idea, not, not, not theirs. And so it was never David's idea for him to be king because it, he could never come up with that idea. Right? Because at the time, you had to be born into the lineage. He was the ape son of Jesse. He didn't even have friends in his own house. He was out there in the fields while the other boys were playing. And so, so he was there. No, no way in a thousand years would he ever imagine he would be the king. So it was God's idea. Say it was God's idea. 
He was, he was a God-made man, right? And so, so he had to believe, he had to exercise faith, and then he had to overcome the opposition. We like to talk about David. King David did this, and King David wrote all these songs. But what people don't like to talk about is that he got anointed at 17. It took 13 years before he became the king of Judah, seven more years before he became the king of a unified Israel. So it took 20 years for him to become who God called him to be. And in that period, he faced all kinds of things. He, 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 he had highs and lows. He was in the cave of, of Adullam, and he was like, oh my God, what am I doing here? His family showed up. All these, these misfits showed up, and they pledged their allegiance to David. They became David's mighty men. And, and then watch this, even when he had his mighty men, they turned on him. His, his families were gone. In Ziklag, everything was burnt down. He cried till he couldn't have, and he, he had no more tears. He cried till he ran out of tears. He had to learn how to encourage himself in the Lord, his God. He had to know how to hear from God for himself, how to preach to himself. God said, go, overtake, recover, you recover all. And he went, and he had to do all of that. That's what we don't talk about with David. So it was the grace of God. It was the faith of David. Say amen to that. All right, let me give you another example. Joseph, say Joseph. Joseph is 17 years old. He's the, he's the 11th boy out of 12 boys, but he's the first boy born from the woman that his daddy loved. You know what I'm saying? And so he had that coat of many colors, and he flaunted that coat, and his brothers hated him for it. And then he got a dream. The dream came from God. It had nothing to do with Joseph. It had everything to do with God, and the dream came from God. And Joseph was foolish enough to share the dream with his brothers. And the Bible says that they hated him even the more. They wanted to kill him. And then they said, when we kill him, what shall become of his dream? Say the attack is against the assignment. The devil don't care about you. He's after your assignment. He's attacking you because of the assignment. You know the story. He had to go through the pit phase. He had to go through the Potiphar phase. He had, watch this. When he was in the Potiphar phase, he was a slave and he was a prosperous slave. How in the world are you going to be a prosperous slave? And then Mrs. Potiphar tried to get with him. You know what happened. And Isabella doesn't like it when I call her a floozy, but she was. And so, 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 and so, so he wound up in prison. Say prison. And then watch this, other peoples. He was a prosperous prisoner. How does that happen? Why? Because it was the favor of God. It was the grace of God. And then watch this. Watch. It was all grace, but Joseph kept believing the dream. This is how I know he kept the dream alive. You remember the story with the, with the butler and the baker? And, and then uh, he was like, hey, when you go, one of you, hey, you, you going to die. <laughs> Forget you. All right, you, you going back. Remember me. Remember me, man. When you go back, hey, 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 don't forget about it, brother. You know what I'm saying? I gave you that dream, baby. I gave you that dream. And he went back and forgot about him. But Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 says everything will happen at just the right time. So a couple of years later, they show up and they say, Joseph, hey, get ready. Uh, uh, Mr. Pharaoh, the king wants to see you. Hurry up. Let's go. He said, no, 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 no. I ain't going looking like this. Uh, no, I don't have to look like what I've been through. Mm-mm. He said, no, this is my day, baby. This is my day. I got a dream when I was 17 years old. I'm 30 years old right now. I believe this thing has come to pass. And so he got ready. He, he washed himself. He shaved himself. He cleaned himself up. He stood before the king. Watch this. Why? Because he, he, he woke up in the prison. He went to sleep in the palace. He got promoted from prisoner to prime minister in one day. Why? Because he kept the dream alive. 
but he had to go through opposition. When, when the dream finally came to pass, and it was over 22 years, years later, when the brothers showed up, and they're standing before him, and they're bowing down because he walked like an Egyptian. They, they didn't know. They, they didn't know. They didn't know that was him. And so, so while they were bowing down before him, he looks, and he realized the dream just came to pass. He cried, and then he said, listen, what you meant for evil, God turned it around for my good. There's a grace. There was always a grace on my life to be in this moment, but I had to have the faith to believe it. Say amen to that. All right, last one I'll give you, and then I'm done. The Apostle Paul. I love me some Paul. I love me the Apostle Paul. So the Apostle Paul, he was living his life. He was prepared. He was Saul of Tarsus. You know what I'm saying? I talked about him last night. He was being groomed to be part of the Sanhedrin. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He had dual passports, y'all. He had two parts. He was a Roman and a Jew. And so he could walk in and out of all kinds of places. That's how I feel. I can go in and out of all kinds of places. In black church, white church, I'm neither. So I go in and out. You know what I'm saying? And so, so he he was all kind of place. And so, so he was like, he was bad, man. You know, Paul said, I've become all things to all people so that through me, some might be saved. He was Saul of Tarsus. He got knocked off his high horse. God called him to preach the gospel. And he, God revealed to him that he was called to preach the gospel from the foundations of the world. And then he said, listen, you're going to have to suffer a lot of things. He said, I embrace the grace to do it. He spent three years dying to self, gave all that up. After three years, Barnabas traveled 70 kilometers with no Uber, no, 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 no vehicles, none of that. He traveled on boats and, and, and he traveled on horses to get to him, grabs him, takes him all the way back to Antioch. The two of them together, they start ministering. The Bible says we were called Christians first in Antioch because of them. And so, so then the power of God hit them. They're praying and, and the Holy Ghost says, I've separated them for this work. He goes on four missionary journeys. He writes half the New Testament. We're still talking about him today. But you know what? Five times he was given 40 uh, lashes saved one. Five times. You, you, so he was beaten with stones. He was beaten with sticks. He was shipwrecked three times. One time, on the last time, he spent all night and all day in the open sea holding on to a piece of wood like it was a movie. And then when he finally made it to the shore, he got bit with a poisonous snake and he had to shake it off. I'm telling you, listen, you have to go through what you got to go through to get to where you're getting. Faith is required. If you want to be the man, the woman that God calls you to be, does God have great plans? Yes. But that doesn't mean you're not going to have to do nothing. You're going to have to have faith. You're going to have to put in the work. And you're going to have to overcome opposition. Say amen to that. Amen. Say, it's God's grace. It's my faith. And we're standing all over the building. Come on. Let's give God some praise one more time. Speak this over your life. The way that God set up this system is that words matter, but nobody's words matter more over your life than your own words. Nobody's voice matters more in your life than your own voice. So speak this over your life. Say, Father, I thank you for the word you just gave me. I know your grace is on my life to do what you called me to do. I declare that my eyes are anointed to see. My ears are anointed to hear, and my heart is anointed to understand. I discern your voice. I'm led by your spirit. You have provided the grace. I will provide the faith. I will put in the work. I will become whom I'm called to be. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Give God some praise all over the room. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program, and Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity, and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, I published a book and several journals, and we also have Grace Life gear. You can find all of that information at rickpina.co. Go to rickpina.co, and that's your one-stop shop to be able to access all of the products and apparel that we have available for you. Thank you for being a blessing to us, and we pray that we continue to be a blessing to you.